Do you have a random table fetish? Maybe the support group can help you. Come in, my child, out of the cold and listen how the story's told. From fairy tales to happenstance, the dice rule every random chance. Take off your coat and stay a while, we'll roll in that deep time. Hello Dave, it's Che. Just wanted to say thank you for your rolling up using Port Black Sand from the Fighting Fantasy range. Um, and although I ordered a copy of that a couple of days ago, and based entirely on your recommendation, um, the key thing I was interested in was exactly the thing you were using, the random tables for rolling up uh, towns, villages, settlement stuff. Because I kind of think that would be cool for me in my campaign. So I, I really ordered a copy of that book um, which I can't believe I hadn't bought back in the day, actually. Or maybe I did, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I ordered it just so I can use those tables. And it was great hearing you use them. It was amusing. And yeah, you should call that butcher Aldridge. Anyway, cheers, mate. Game on. Jay, thanks for the call in. Great to hear from you. It does feel good to be rolling on the random tables. And yeah, I cannot recommend Black Sand enough. Um, we got a couple of episodes out, uh, maybe next week and the week after of The Purple Worm, where we talk a bit more about advanced fighting fantasy. Uh, but I really can't recommend that book enough. Seems like I have recommended that book plenty, because there's quite a lot of anchorites out there picking up the old fighting fantasy <laughs> books. Um, so cheers for the call in, Che. We've got another one in the same vein from Goblin's Henchman coming up. Hi Dave, it's Goblin's Henchman here. Just finished listening to your Black Sands episode, um, or at least the use of Black Sands, and it intrigued me enough for me to buy it on eBay already, because I'm kind of interested in that procedural generation of a city. But uh, it then made me a little bit more interested in this El, El Ancia, I think that's how you say it. Um, now, is that is that a similar thing for Wilderness, or is it just a setting campaign? Because um, it's, you know, it's not too big a deal to drop... 10 quid on a on a on a city book but you know 80 quid for a for a wilderness one where if it's just a setting setting campaign then I'm probably a little less keen if it had some procedural elements in it then I'd be a bit more interested so I don't know if you if you've already done it then sorry forgive me can you point me in the right direction if not maybe a review do you have a copy I'm not sure anyway whatever you know I'd definitely be interested to know cheers fella bye Goblins Henchman, great to hear from you as always. Thanks very much for the call in. Yeah, so the summary. So I, I'll do Alansia now. It's slightly out of order. I don't think I've even really finished talking about the Riddling Reaver. I haven't done an episode on Dungeoneer, Out the Pit and Titan, deserve episodes. So Alansia, of the three advanced fighting fantasy books, I've said this before, the, um, the appeals tails off. It's still a lovely book. Um, it's not worth 80 quid. That's my quick summary. What it's got in it. It's got some new skills and some new spells. Um, they are nothing to rave about. Uh, as I've said before, you're getting a little bit of strange creep, not really play tested. Various bits about the skills sort of break things that have been established before. The spells 
are mostly much bigger and more costly spells, which are intended to be used in mass battle. I'll get onto the mass battle in a minute. Um, so you've got spells, you know, you've got rules for making spells cost a lot more to affect much greater numbers of people. That is great when you're playing mass battles, um, but it absolutely breaks encounters if you're trying to send a big squad of goblins against the players now that they've got... Um, spells which can affect whole squads so that wasn't fully thought through and is a little bit broken but the mass battle rules are really quite excellent i mean i'm not the world's greatest war gamer but i I, looking at them now i still think they have got a great deal to commend them um, because they they are very abstract Um, they took an approach um, whereby pretty much all that was important was the relative strengths of your various different um, units and I think they are really good fun to muck around with. They're not particularly well integrated with the rest of the game. Um, but they are really good fun to muck around with. So for the mass battle rules, Alansia stands out. For the rest of it, I think you'd be disappointed. Um, so it has got... Um, oh, it's got rules for other available player races. So they very briefly touched on elves and dwarves in Dungeoneer and just said, you know, maybe they'll have these skills. And they do that for for centaurs and goblins and a couple of other races. That's nothing really that you couldn't very easily um, house rule just from using Dungeoneer. So again, it's not worth really having the book for that. And then you do get a wilderness section, which, yes, I suppose my hope, going back to it, uh, my hope was that it would be something like Dungeoneer and that you'd get a generator. You don't. It's very disappointing. What you get is you get taken through the map of Alansia, which, to be honest, if you've already got Titan, you don't need. If you've got Titan, you know about the Desert of Skulls and all the various different swamps and terrains. So you get these quite detailed descriptions. Every now and again in those detailed descriptions, you get a little bit of a rule for how to navigate a particular type of terrain or deal with a local hazard. But it's, it's, it's nothing really that you couldn't, you know, you couldn't have just made up on the fly. And then there are a couple of tables, but you'll find them disappointing. So um, there's one, there's just a table for terrain type. Um, so if you're in a particular area, you roll randomly to, for terrain type and it might be mountains or hills or plains as you move into a new location. So um, nothing great there. In terms of procedural generation, I think at one point there's a mention, OK, if you're in the forest, um, I don't know, there's like a four in six chance that the next location will also be for, in forest. Otherwise, roll on the table. Um, it's not exactly a hex flower. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, and then you've got some new um, monster tables, which I think assume that you've got access to out of the pit. You've got some monster tables by by terrain type. But um, really, for, for all that it's quite a big chunk of the book, as you flick through it, there's not much in it. The adventure uh, is longer. They sort of progressively get longer. There's a big, bigger adventure uh, than you get in Black Sand or, or Dungeoneer. It's amusing. It's fun. It's nowhere near as memorable as the adventures in the other two books. So, you know, if you ever see it for 20 quid, maybe. Defo, not 80 quid. Cheers for the calling, Goblin's Henchman. Hey, Dave. I hope by the time you hear this, you've safely landed in Seattle. Everything's good there. This is Jason, of course, from Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I want to apologize to you. I meant to say that unboxing was for Dave Aldrich, and I think I said Dave Arneson when I called. So I'm very sorry about that. I had Arneson on the brain. What can I say? Um, The the other thing I wanted to comment on real quickly was in Spencer's call, he mentions how, and you guys mentioned it somewhere else, about how the fighting fantasy books were looked down on when you were kids. You know, they weren't real books. 
the books I read that weren't real books when I was in school, when I was young, were the um, Mac Bolan books, the Executioner books, which are men's adventure books, which are silly books, but, you know, the, um, yeah, the teachers didn't want to take that. When we got to do book reports for extra credit, after a while, the teacher didn't want those books. She said, you have to read something else. So that was my experience. Hey, cheers, Jason there, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. It's great to hear from you. Yes, the Dave Aldridge, Dave Arneson thing. Actually, my show is not the only time you did it. You do an unboxing of your own show where you call me Dave Arneson. I cannot say that I mind that. (laughs) That is fine with me, Jason. I got some more from Jason coming now. Hey, Dave, Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Enjoyed listening to you generate buildings in Shroudwick. I'm probably going to have to sit down and do that sometime. I, You know, I haven't really... I've said it multiple times in multiple places. I haven't really generated a world since, you know, as a kid. But maybe instead of generating a world, just doing the town or doing like what you're doing. Because that sounds fun, so I'm going to have to break down and do it. Maybe it'll slow down next month and I'll be able to do it. I don't know. Anyhow, enjoyed the episode. Hope you're enjoying your time in Seattle with Joe, and I will talk to you later. Yeah, cheers, Jason. Yeah, it's been really good fun. I mean, it's absolutely unnecessary for the Black Hack. Uh, the spirit of the Black Hack is not that you need a fully realised town right down to every shop proprietor's name and key personality traits, but I'd never really done it before that extensively and it has been really good fun and it's nice having those things to draw on if I need them in the campaign um, trying not following my own rules and trying not to be too precious about it so it's likely having done all this that I might just uh, just drop a meteor on the town or something and turn it into a ruin um, just to show that I am not overly attached to my world building and prep. Yeah, but I can recommend it. I can recommend Black Sand for doing it. I'm sure there are many other wonderful, uh, wonderful resources for building towns. But Black Sand, I think, is just the right level of detail, really stripped down. Just I'm just flicking around between a couple of pages in the book. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's been really good fun. Thanks for the call in, Jason. Yes, on Seattle. I'm back from Seattle now. I did. I flew to Seattle for a work conference and was able to hang out with my brother from another mother, Joe Richter, and it was awesome. We had a great night together. Yeah, he showed me some cool parts of Seattle. And yeah, this is the anchor thing. I've I've well, what have I, I've I've known Joe via anchor since May time, something like that, but it was a lovely easy evening. Felt like we'd known each other for years. Um Yeah, hoping we can do it again. I don't know when I'm going to be out to Seattle again. But cheers, Joe, for for showing me the sights. And, uh, oh, I've got a call in from Joe now. Dave, man, so I heard on the Purple Worm episode that came out today, Shandy Andy talking about how you were talking about that you were a little intimidated to run Cthulhu because your lack of mythos knowledge. And I just got to say, man, like that... Like, to echo what Andy was saying, that shouldn't matter at all, dude. Uh, If you really look at Lovecraft, just Lovecraft, there is no canonical mythos. His stuff went all over the place. He used the same words to define and describe different beings and entities, man. So, yeah, there is no canonical mythos as far as Lovecraft is concerned. A bunch of those other guys came in and 
added stuff and tried to systematize everything. But when you think about it, indescribable, unimaginable beings wouldn't even make sense anyway. So go for it, dude. Go for it. All right. Peace. Joe, great to hear from you. Joe Richter here from Wheel or Woe and Hindsightless on Anchor on the Cthulhu Mythos. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what I said, but yeah, I don't know if my issue is with Mythos. So, so, so you're right. Um, I know me Lovecraft. I know a bit of the development of the Mythos in his in his contemporaries, so Clark Ashton Smith and, and Robert E. Howard as well. But I but I think I think you're getting to what my problem is that I don't. I don't recognise that work so much in the play experience of Cthulhu. I mean, my issue with Cthulhu, I've talked about this before, is really that play experience, you know, the whole building the game around investigation. When I read the Lovecraft stories, I don't see them so much as naturally being conducive to investigative RPGs. To me, they are stories of, 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 of people undergoing terrible things. I don't know, I think my issue with Cthulhu is more that investigative play style where I think, you know, there's an understanding between the players and the GM that you're going to have to work stuff out. And even if your characters aren't going to necessarily know what's going on, there's some satisfaction for you to be able to connect uh, what's happening with that broader Cthulhu lore. And by that, really, I mean the way that the mythos has been developed specifically in the RPG. Um, so I'd just rather read Lovecraft than play Call of Cthulhu any day. And I think that's probably um, a reversal of what a lot of other people would say. My best Cthulhu mythos story, of course, my favourite Cthulhu mythos story, is the Conan story, Tower of the Elephant, um, which has connections definitely with Lovecraft's work, but is also the single best story about a dungeon crawl in literature i think well it's a tower crawl really it's a tower heist um but uh, i'd be interested to know what people think about that i think tower of the elephant uh it's definitely my favorite conan story um and it is that's a, that's just a great um description of an awesome rpg session in my view yeah so I'll, I'll continue to enjoy lovecraft i'll continue even to enjoy the way that the mythos was developed by his contemporaries but i think it's just that specific intended play style of cthulhu i've just when i've played it i found it quite tedious i think i'd love to have a go at the cthulhu hack because it's got rules i can grasp in 15 minutes and i think i can see a game there that might be you know paced more to my satisfaction but uh, yeah you haven't sold call of cthulhu to me yet joe i look forward to playing in a game when you run it Hey Dave, Jason here in Earth RPG Variety Cast. Enjoyed the last episode. That Goblin's Henchman is a pretty smart guy, huh? He had some good suggestions. So I do look forward to when you eventually do get around to revisiting Pentangle. I understand why, you know, it might be on the back burner for a while. We expect much out of the Black Hack, and, and, and you have a great expectation there. Um, although I do want to comment, it's really cool that your wife, Claire, worked with you on that. And that she's there supporting you in the hobby, and, and she's a great artist. And, and I think that's great that you get the family thing going on, especially like playing the games with the kids. Man, if more families work together on stuff, the this world would be a much better place. Also, if you've seen Penny Dreadful, I would be interested in your thoughts on that series. So, talk to you later. Bye. 
hey Jason thanks for this yeah I am really grateful for Claire's support and I think it's going to lead to some exciting projects in the future watch this space as my kids yeah they will they they can occasionally be enticed to humour their dear old dad but um, they are not yeah they're not massively interested any of them at the moment in RPGs they'll do it under duress uh, they mucked about with spooky house a bit to help me out but um, I'm, I'm just cautious of pushing them too hard at the moment I'm sure they'll come round to it at some later stage as for Penny Dreadful I'm gonna check my streaming services to see if it's there uh, I did notice it at the time um, I don't know why I wasn't massively excited by it, but on that recommendation, I will hunt it down. I'll let you know when I've had a chance to spend some time with it. Cheers for the call in again, Jason. I think uh, that's everybody for today. So, uh, yeah, I'm up to date, I think, reasonably with my call in. Sorry if there's one that you sent me a little while ago that's got dropped. Um, I might have to come up with some new content next week. That's exciting. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Watch this space. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact Dave, please leave a message on Anchor, email dpercentile at gmail.com, or find him on Twitter at d underscore percentile.